0: Hi, I'm Andy Kindler, and
1: you're listening to P.F.'s Tape Recorder.
0: Hello there, I'm P.F., this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian T.J. Miller tells us how far he went to get the role in the Yogi Bear movie. And then I made this bear video,
1: this audition with a real bear, and sent it to Warner Brothers.
0: TJ will tell us more about that experience as well as uh, some other funny stories he has. Nice long talk with TJ. Uh, Also coming up, more fun with Victoria Jackson. But first, as always, fake news. And now fake news. The Occupy Wall Street movement took an ugly turn this past Thursday as demonstrators marched through the streets of New York, some carrying giant balloons, others singing show tunes from hit Broadway shows, and others driving comically large and outlandish vehicles through the city streets. The demonstration ended when Santa Claus, a socialist known for redistributing toys to kids who didn't work for them, addressed the crowd. Oddly, one of his messages was to shop at Macy's this holiday season. We have some more news from uh, Black Friday, uh, which took place the day after Thanksgiving. Uh, Singer Rebecca Black was accidentally a popular search term on both Google and Yahoo Thursday night. Rebecca Black Friday. Black Friday. Meanwhile, violence erupted at Black Friday sales across the U.S. Several of the incidents took place at Walmart stores as millions of Americans loaded up on holiday purchases. In Cave Creek, Arizona, a robot removed a suspicious device that led to the evacuation of a Walmart store in that town. Deputies told KPHO TV of Phoenix that they had reason to believe that the device might have been explosive and said whoever left it in a refrigerator at the store could face felony charges. The robot, however, found the device was innocuous, probably just a prank, and that he was very anxiously looking forward To Cyber Monday. An off-duty police officer used pepper spray on shoppers at a Walmart in Kinston, North Carolina. Kinston Police Sergeant Ronald Davis said an off-duty officer whom the store had hired to help with security used the chemical while trying to make an arrest during a disturbance. Said the officer later, I heard someone saying the Rich should pay more taxes, and I guess it just kinda snapped. A Rome, New York man was charged with disorderly conduct after a fight that broke out at the moment Black Friday shopping began at midnight, NBC station WSTM of Syracuse, New York reported. Several shoppers at the electronics department out of Walmart there were pushed to the ground and several fights broke out, Oneida County Sheriff Deputy said. Two shoppers were taken to a hospital for minor injuries. So not only do you have to show up at midnight after Thanksgiving to get an Xbox for $200, bucks, you are going to have to fight for it. And Cyber Monday, of course, is set to commence on November 28th. Already thousands of people are sleeping out in front of their computers, waiting for sales to start. In financial news, Wall Street finished the week uh, mostly down as the European debt crisis spooked markets here. Some markets were spooked so bad they had to sleep with the light on. Forecasters say Kenneth continues to weaken and has been downgraded to a tropical depression in the eastern Pacific Ocean. There is no threat to land from what had been the strongest late-season hurricane in that area on record when it earlier reached a Category 4 status before gradually dropping back down to depression status. Noted pop psychologist Dr. Phil noted that depression was common this time of year and added by pulling his life together, Kenneth could once again become a successful hurricane. And that's been Fake News with me. episodes back we had some fun with Victoria Jackson and all of her uh, tea party craziness and uh, I thought well that's the last we're going to hear of her until my friend David Feldman posted something on his Facebook page and uh, if you don't know David Feldman and he's a very funny comedian uh, check out his show The David Feldman Show it's available as a podcast through iTunes and also uh, at davidfeldmancomedy.com anyway on his Facebook page he posted something that his sister had sent him uh, a show called Politichicks, a little YouTube show that stars Victoria Jackson and three other women. And I'll, I'll let the host explain what it's about. Hi, I'm Anne Marie Morrell, and this is our very first episode of Politichicks. And we're going to be bringing to you topics of the day, and we're going to be talking it over and figuring it out in a conservative way. Now, a conservative way in this case doesn't mean meat, uh, self-reliance or personal responsibility or free market economics. No, uh, a conservative way in this way means based on urban legends, made-up facts, and BS. Oh, so, uh, where should so we start? Sad. Well, Sharia laws Law is a big concern for Jackson, and uh, apparently she's t- talking about this deal where Muslims who work in meat-cutting factories yell Ali Akbar before they cut into meat. And first of all, uh, who the hell cares? What the y'all is, is it like? Any worse than me sitting at the desk when I get to work in the morning, going, "Oh God, I wish it was five o'clock." And I don't think it's a Christian thing. That's just I'm just saying, you know. So anyway, and if, if, yelling Ali Akbar, who cares? As long as her finger doesn't end up into it, or one of their coworkers doesn't fall into the grinding machine, I don't care. But anyway, she says this is true, and uh, a liberal friend of hers uh, m- emails her back, says, "Oh no, that's not true. I checked it out on Snopes, and uh, and it's not true." And her answer for that is, well, I just found out that Snopes is owned by George Soros. There you go, George Soros. So it can't be true. By the way, Snopes is not owned by George Soros. Uh, it is actually it was started by a, a couple in California who were interested in urban legends, stuff like uh, the can of biscuits shooting the lady in the back of the head, and uh, what's another? Oh, is, is Walt Disney really frozen underneath the castle at Disney World? That kind of stuff, and it. it There occasionally political things show up on it because that's something that is the subject of urban legends. And uh, he is a former Republican. He no longer votes. He's just disgusted with the political process. And his wife is a Canadian. She can't even vote in our elections. So that's that's who owns uh, Snopes. And plus, she doesn't need to check any facts because well, here's how she knows that it's true.
1: My friend Cal Beisner. He has a friend who worked in a meat factory and
0: friend of a friend. There you go. It doesn't get more reliable than that. Then they move on to this uh, deal where they mention that Muslim students at the University of Michigan, uh, they build special uh, foot baths for them in the the bathrooms. And you're thinking, now oh, wait a second, that does sound a little, uh, little suspicious. And yes, it does. Um, but the reason that the university decided to do this is because what the students were doing was they were going into the bathroom, the Muslim students, and they have to wash their feet before they pray, apparently. They would jam their feet up into the sink and wash them and then pray. Now, I don't know if you all have been to college, but the the first thing they told us when we got to Bowling Green was don't go anywhere near that bathroom without flip-flops. In other words, I don't care if they're Muslim, Christian, Baptist, Buddhist, whatever they are, I, I don't want to be anywhere on no sink where a college kid has jammed his foot up into the sink. So I guess at that point, the university decided, well, we'll go ahead and, and, build, these, uh, and build these baths. And uh, the lady Coast is this, is this fascinating little nugget. Also, they're given special foot washing baths on state campuses like the University of Michigan. Really? We can't have our Christmas trees. No Christmas tree for you. Oh, wait a second. I'm sorry, I, I, I left the TV on. There's a news story coming on. It's hard to miss the latest addition to Fountain Square. The arrival of the Christmas tree on the square signifies the start of the holiday season. Oh, and there's this, this little nugget too. And and <laughs> the fact that, that all Muslims aren't terrorists, but all terrorists are Muslim are Muslims. Yes. That's just a fact. And, of course, if you go to the State Department's website listing terrorist organizations around the world, you find out that that's a bunch of BS. Now, most of the organizations listed, I believe on first glance, are Islamist, but there are many that are not. Uh, The Irish Republican Army has a a little splinter group that's still in operation. They're not Muslims. The Red Brigade in Italy, they're not Muslims. The uh, Tamil Tiger rebels in Sri Lanka, they're Hindus, they're not Muslims. So, I mean, if you would have said the people that attacked us, the terrorists were Muslims, yeah, that's 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 a fact. The ones we're dealing with, mostly directly as the United States are, are Muslim. Yeah, that, that's – that's but no, when you make a statement like that, you, you just – that's just not true. Okay, so they move on to the birther situation. And it seemed like that happened all of a sudden. Everyone was talking about it, and then all of a sudden, every single news – even conservative news people, everyone, the pundits, all just dropped it. They stopped. Yeah, they stopped reporting it, even Fox News. Why? Maybe because it was rubbish? Gee, I don't know. Anyway, I could go on and on about that one, but uh, I'm r- running out of time here for this bit. So I will leave you with this uh, question that the lady uh, host asks you at the end of the second episode. You have to ask, though, as Victoria was saying, what is there anything wrong with just asking a question and doing the research? Why do you believe what you believe? That's what happens. Well, I did do the research, and it turns out you're full of crap. And uh, also, if you like, do research this, you find out that the alleged contradictions they find in the uh, the, the, the so-called long-form birth certificate, also, they come up with discrepancies of their own, but they are able to cover for theirs, but in doing so, explain the ones that they bring up as inconsistencies. I wish I had time to explain to you. I don't. Just look it up. It's, it's fairly hilarious. And uh, now it's time for our interview with T.J. Miller. ran a long on the interview, so here it is. All right, joining us on PS Tape Recorder, it's comedian T.J. Miller. How's it going, T.J.? Good. Hi, guys. Good. It's good uh, for two guys who are known by initials to get together like this.
1: I mean, it's important. You know, initially, it's, it's one of the most important things.
0: It really is. So uh, it's been a good 2011 for T.J. Miller.
1: Yeah, I've been really lucky. Yeah.
0: Uh, folks might remember seeing you back in the spring on the Conan O'Brien program.
1: Mm-hmm. And then just recently, again in October.
0: Oh, that's that's right. Yeah, I don't have cable anymore, so that's probably uh, why. I don't well, know.
1: you got it. There's a new thing called the internet.
0: There is. You I gotta I, get it.
1: You know, look into it.
0: My old my old friend, the internet. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, we're
1: on it right now. In fact.
0: Yeah. We indeed. Uh, yes, we are.
1: But yeah, so yeah, I got to do Sam on and Conan. I just released an hour special with Comedy Central, which I'm very excited about. It's now on DVD called No Real Reason. And then I I was able to do this really weird piece of music satire. I did a music album called The Extended Play EP, and um, it's a 41-track EP that's in stores and on iTunes and Amazon through Comedy Central Records. That was pretty fun because I'm not a musician at all. (laughs) I played saxophone a little bit in in, uh, middle school. But it's sort of, you know, I wanted to do like a, um, it's hard to say a small satire when it's 41 tracks, but I wanted to do a little thing that was sort of, Making fun of the state of the music industry right now and the trend of rappers thinking they can act and actors thinking they can rap and John Mayer thinking that he can do stand-up when he's wrong about that <laughs> he's wrong.
0: I didn't even know he was doing and, that. Jeez. Oh uh, yeah,
1: he tries. He tries to go up and thinks he's real funny. So anyway, so uh, you know, I got to do that too. So it's been a really fun year. Yeah, it was just an our idiot brother, which I think turned out really great with Paul Rudd. So it's been
0: cool. Um. Boy, I don't even know where to start with all that. Um, 41 tracks. Uh, who do you think you are? The Magnetic Fields? Um, <laughs> yeah. Sort of, yeah. I
1: mean, we had to so, take out the Magnetic Fields the CD to be able to fit all that on there. There you go. Yeah, it's like an hour, an hour and some uh, music CD. Also, in a world where everybody's releasing singles, you know, I think it's a funny of it. Everybody gets excited about singles, and it used to be you have to do a whole album to... Uh, you know, it's to, to be able to do a whole album to get a single. That's what it used to be. Now you don't. You can just kind of cut kind a of single. it's rapper Mac Miller is now, he just hit Billboard's top 200, and he's just like this weird rapper kid from Pittsburgh who pretends he's hardcore but isn't, and he's like, because of the way, you know, YouTube works, and it's just, a, you know, there's weird stuff going on with the music industry as well as the movie industry. So I thought it would be yeah. fun to kind of do that. And I also like dressing in heavy gold, you know, <laughs> I like gold that makes me feel like I'm weighted down.
0: That's cool. It's probably good, uh, good exercise too, carrying some of that weight around. Good
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you get a real dookie around the neck, but so, you got it going on.
0: So with the forty, you, you
1: know, you can build shoulder and delta.
0: <laughs> so with the forty one tracks, is everything like just a minute long, or is this a a, a, a four CD box well, it set? We runs
1: the gamut. You know, it's hip hop, it's pop, it's folk music, <laughs> sort of fusion. Um, and there's, you know, hopefully something for everybody, but let's see. Here I'll grab one right now. I'm in my apartment in Los Angeles. Thank you for having me on the program. Oh, very nice. Uh, uh, so yeah, I mean, it runs the gamut from, you know, I, I battle everybody. There are lots of guests on there and I battle all of them and I kind of lose in different ways. And then, uh, you know, there's, uh, yeah, sure. There are some one word tracks like ankle fat, you know, (laughs) and swimming fins and balsa wood. But there's also my nephews come on and they rap, and then Ugly Duckling, which is a legitimate hip hop group that are great. They also come on. Oh. Uh, we've got club hits. There's Doctor Doherty, which is about my eye surgeon and how he's the best eye surgeon in the world, and then Appleton, which talks about Appleton, Wisconsin. So it's basically everything, you know. And I also people are making so much stuff right now and kind of giving away. I thought it was funny to have it. Legitimately has like 25 or 30 music songs on it, and then. It has some audio sketches and stuff. But it's all within the realm of this, you know, if T.J. Miller was, like, trying to be a rapper.
0: Wow. So uh, what you're saying now is if you were on Desert Island and could only have one CD, you better pick this one because you'd at least have a – you'd never get bored.
1: You'd at least have a lot of – yeah, time. Although I wouldn't want to (laughs) pick this one. Because it would drive me insane much faster than being out there with a different CD. Yeah. To kind of listen to myself as this weirdo.
0: So, <laughs> uh, for, for the rap parts, though, are you following the trend now where you just, uh, as Mike Verbiglia pointed out, with I think it was Jay Z, you just push play on an old song and just start talking over it?
1: Yeah, right. No, it's all original beats. I don't have the money that Jay Z or anybody else no, yeah, would pay for beats. So, I sort of collaborated with this guy, <laughs> but he did a really good job of sort of making, I mean, there was pretty great parody in, uh, you know, in, in the in the music itself. It's like, you know, a Special Individual is this song for all my young female fans about how they can be anything they want to be, you know, they can go anywhere they want to go, but it's still a good idea to learn to cook and sew, and just like, it's all auto tune. But that music really does sound like an actual pop song. I mean, I'm pretty proud of it. It was also very expensive.
0: <laughs> yeah. not, you can't af- you can't afford to pay for beats. I like I you know the lingo. <laughs> so yeah, right. You're exactly. completely plugged in. Sure, I'm learning it um, now. For people have seen uh, you on uh, Conan and maybe in in shorter snippets, is your whole set kind of that? Uh, I guess I would call it contained silliness. You got the driver's license story, which is really hilarious and. Uh, so is it all kind yeah, of like- I
1: mean, that's that's a pretty good way of putting it. I don't think I've ever heard that exact phrase. I don't really know exactly. I like to think that I'm a very polite maniac. I've yeah. sort of been saying recently, or yeah, it's like it's it's sort of controlled chaos or meticulous, ridiculous, being like meticulous about the ridiculous. But I I, mean, I don't think, I don't know, it's, I, I try and make it a healthy um, serving of comedy that each type of enjoy. So There's some observational stuff, there are real stories, and then there's kind of these things that are not based in, you know, reality at all, or mostly absurdist notions and pieces like that. And so, you know, I hope that mix usually makes most people happy, but it is, it's a little bit weirder than some people enjoy. It's definitely not anything like Mike Birbiglia, yeah. someone that you mentioned earlier. I mean, he's really story based and his jokes were always oh, kind sure. of like I'm dumb look how dumb I am <laughs> that's not you know I don't do any stuff like that I don't talk about being broke and stuff I talk about you know I talk about my real life which is pretty absurd in and of itself I mean I was in Yogi Bear 3D yep. in Gulliver's Travels you know so I really was killing it Christmas <laughs> 2010 I think is what I'm saying
0: so how did you uh, find your way into Yogi Bear 3D did, did they approach through you
1: blood, sweat, and tears my man <laughs> through hard work Work ethic and devotion to comedy, you know? I just went for it, and, uh, and I'm glad I got the, the part. They, they came to me with an audition, and they said, we have Yogi Bear. Something I've been talking about recently is, you know, before a movie comes out, it's, it's still an idea in, in Hollywood. Like, everybody here knows about the movies. The movies that are coming out now, you know, were being talked about a year ago. And for a while, you know, something like if you're like, they're making Alvin and the Chipmunks, you'd be like, well, that's the dumbest thing in the world. What are you <laughs> talking about? They're making a movie out of a cartoon that's going to be live action and animated that seems insane. What is this, it, Roger Rabbit again? And then it made hundreds of millions of dollars. And so then everyone's like, oh, okay, all right, I guess that's a good idea. But even Yogi Bear, when it came in, I sort of was like, well, not really. Why would they make a Talking Bear cartoon? It hasn't been relevant since the 1960s and 70s. Uh, uh, try and brand that right now. And then, you know, so I went in, I thought it was probably never going to happen, huh. either the movie or me being in it. But I liked the casting director, and the script is actually really funny. Um, and still, did, it contains a lot better jokes than a lot of those types of movies. And, uh, and then I made this bear video, this audition with a real bear, um and sent it to warner brothers kind of as a joke sort of like but i said it was serious i was like look this is more of you know what i would do with the part if i had the opportunity i I really hope that you know you could maybe you know take this and really see the full range of what i want to do with this film and it's me with a real 600 pound grizzly bear kind of interacting. interaction (laughs) <laughs>
0: like, and uh, that's on,
1: really good. He's much better than me, as lots of people on the Internet say. And then, say, they, yeah. you know, they sort of got that joke. And if they got that joke, then all of a sudden I realized there's something that you can tell when you meet a person in real life. You know, there's certain jokes that you'll say that if they get it, you're like, oh, you're a cool person. That's why humor is such a good identifier. And it's, a, it's such an important social, uh, like the social value of, of a sense of humor is really, really big. I think that the part of that is like when Warner Brothers was like that was really funny, I was like, Oh, so you'll kind of let me do weird stuff in this movie And you know, you can't do the weirdest stuff in a in a family live action cartoon three D film. But I got some you know, I got some pretty weird stuff in there. And uh it ended up being a really a defining experience for me artistically.
0: <laughs> do you think the uh the reason they chose Yogi Bear is because of the whole uh, the Mad Men Pan Am thing that everyone's in love with in Hollywood, and they figured, hey, we'll get Yogi yeah, Bear. Yeah, we'll get the S-
1: bear from that era. Yeah, that's really funny. Everything's kind of a throwback to, like, the late 50s and
0: 60s. And, of course, you know, Yogi um, was very sexist. and uh, yeah.
1: He was kind of sexist, but it's also it's just a cartoon version of the Honeymooners. Yeah. That's the other
0: thing. <laughs> well, which is what every cartoon from the 60s is, the Flintstones and the Jetsons and
1: yeah, right, exactly. And it's very interesting. I don't know, you know, I think that they it's on Boomerang, so like my nephews know who Yogi Bear is. But the movie did very well. I mean, 100 Million Domestic, and they're talking about making another one. And it also provides me a great uh, sort of talking point, uh, you know, the, the sort of, how I treat that and how I think about that is uh, is very really polarizing for some people. They're like, Uh, why has not he shut up about the Yogi Bear thing? Or they're like, I mean, what a sellout that he went that. But that's sort of part of my whole deal.
0: Yeah. Well, as I recall... I'm not taking
1: any of it seriously.
0: It it was not panned, as I recall. It got some pretty good reviews. No.
1: It was definitely not panned. And, you know, people would even say, like, well, you know, this is stupid or this is unbelievable or Justin Timberlake's just doing an impression of Boo Boo. But nobody said it was, like, a bad movie. And it really got great word of mouth, too, you know? It wasn't a very good opening. We got pretty warm out.
0: I forgot anyway, that that's Justin. That whole thing.
1: But it's, I'm lucky to be involved in movies like that, and also How to Train a Dragon, which is a great movie. Oh yeah, an Oscar-nominated film. But you know, to do Golders Travels and these things, that sort of I like doing all, all different types of comedy for different people. So I like the idea of I get to do a movie and make you know some weird. Christian people in the Midwest that are very diehard and will never see an r movie, like some of my family, they can go and see Yogi Bear and be like, "Oh, that was really funny. He made me laugh a lot in that film." You know, I can reach people that I wouldn't be able to reach if I was just doing hard R comedies or just doing my like, stand-up, that sort of thing.
0: So, where are you from originally?
1: I'm from Denver, Colorado, until oh, okay. I die. And um, I grew up there, and then went to D.C. and then. Came up
0: in the comedy scene in, in Chicago. Okay, where, the, the, where I really
1: cut my teeth and my gums. I cut it, my gums also, and no, then it's terrible. Well,
0: yeah, you, that's terrible. You, well, you, if you, you need to floss more, and then that would not that's happen.
1: exactly right. Yes, Ugh, doctors keep telling me that proper not dental genetic, hygiene is
0: weird. Proper dental hygiene important in comedy. People do not realize. Um, <laughs> what? What? Uh, so was it a case where people always told you, you were funny, or you just felt something? You were always a comedy fan and decided to pursue it. How did?
1: I, mean, I would say all things. Once I once I was smart enough to recognize kind of what was going on. I always liked uh, making kids laugh. I always got in trouble for talking in class um, all the time, no matter what. Always in trouble every single day. And uh, but then when you get older, you realize that in a, in a more controlled form, that's kind of being funny because um, you know being funny is never following the rules or like you know, having reverence for stuff or any of that, it's sort of, it's like a controlled disruption. It's sort of what you say, of like your regularly scheduled programming, which is your life. Uh, that's what stand-up is, is me coming in and being like, hey, real quick, look at everything differently, and what if this is a thing? Um, and then I was doing plays in high school. Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I really, I, I realized that I, the thing that I was best at was being funny, always. And it got me. I was the president of my high school. I am not qualified to do any sort of government position to this day, but it was because I had the funniest speech, and because (laughs) I was well liked for being funny. And also, my comedy is not a very slightly off topic. My comedy is not; it isn't particularly mean. You know, I mean, some people don't like it, but it's for the most part. My whole idea is. You know, let's all just laugh. Let's just none of us take any of it seriously, and let's laugh at this absurd stuff. And look at what an idiot I am. Why did I make a music video? And I was in Yogi Bear, and why do I dress like this? Why do I look like this? It's you know, that's. So I think people also kind of liked me more through my comedy than anything else. Um, So I just you know, and then in college I was like, well, I think this is. This is worth a shot
0: for sure, and it was. It definitely was. So um, you said you like doing, you know, different kinds of comedy reaching different kinds of audiences. But what would be the dream gig? What would be the the, the best format for you?
1: Well, what do you mean? I mean,
0: what? Or maybe it was. Maybe you've already. The, maybe it was it was it the one hour special, or would you like to do a, a different kind of movie than uh, than a Yogi Bear type thing, or would you know? I guess you've done the CD too. So I mean, you've done all kinds of different uh, avenues yeah, of comedy. but what's it's the, interesting.
1: I, I think that you know. This is not sort of poo pooing your question, and it's also not good to use the phrase poo poo. No, I don't think so. I want to apologize for doing that.
0: Well, but not we can to poo in post. Platter,
1: not to have a poo poo platter of negativity. <laughs> but it, it's interesting. A lot of people will say, like, "Well, what is your what? what would you like to do? What would you, if you could do anything? What would it be?" You know, people would say that even after I was in movies. They'd like, "Well, what's the end all be all goal?" Because that's sort of that's a very American way of thinking, which I embrace, by the way, but. You know, we all sort of are like, well, what is it? And I I sort of am, like, doing it. It's currently happening. I could, you know, I would love, I think once I've gained a little more life experience and experience within the film industry, it'd be interesting to me to take, I have a couple of short films that I've written and started, and then gone to Sundance, like, longer. One of them is Successful Alcoholics. You can see it on Funny or Die. It's like a 22-minute short with Lizzie Kaplan from Cloverfield and I that I wrote, and it's kind of a weird... It's got a little bit more to it than just being sort of a broad comedy. So I'd like to do those as features without using my own money, but only for like, you know, super low budget, like one to three million dollars. And then maybe make one or two of those a year and keep doing stand-up. And then whatever else comes my way. But I'm pretty pleased with how everything turned out.
0: <laughs> well, it, it sounds like it's going well for you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's really, really good. Like, but, I, yeah, I don't think, I think, you know, goals change. So it's so weird. You know, there was a time when I would have loved to be on Saturday Night Live more than anything else in the world. As a child, as a kid, I was like, look at that. Oh, yes yeah. if I could do that? And then I kind of tested for it, and then there's another opportunity to test for it again, and that was a couple years ago. And now I, I just, I can't think of anything that would be more difficult for me to transition into. Hmm. And so it's weird. It's like it's kind of, everything's changing. I just would like to be able to, you know, go on podcasts like this and sound like a pretentious asshole. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> just
1: that's, more of that.
0: I'd like to do more of that. All right. We, we, that can probably be arranged. Um, well, before I let you go, uh, speaking of uh, such things, uh, could you do a liner for me? Just uh, Hi, this is TJ oh. Miller. You're listening to PF's Tape Recorder. Have fun with it, as they say on radio.
1: Okay, so what's the information that I do have to say?
0: Uh, you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder, and you're T.J. Miller. So, and
1: Oh, that's it, okay. That's it. Not, you're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder. Okay, ready? Yeah. You're listening to P.S. Tape Recorder, although it is digital, and I did bring that up to him, okay? And he got very defensive about it. I'm T.J. Miller.
0: Brilliant. All right. Well, again, it sounds like things are going really well for you, sir, and continued success to you through uh, 2012 oh, and all. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Are you going to be able to check out the show? Uh, no, because I'm actually in Cincinnati. Oh, no. It's a big surprise. And you need to, I was just going to say you need to come down here. We've got two clubs here. And
1: I know. that Cincinnati... I've played uh, <coughs> Go Bananas. Have you ever been to that club? Yeah. Yeah, it's a great club I've played. I just haven't had another date in like a year and I a half. Remember. It hasn't hmm. worked out. So okay. I'll be down there, man, and you really should... If you want to, if you like my stuff, come and like, I'll call up you and a bunch of friends sure. and buy you guys a round of drinks because I love it. I, I think it's so great that you. I just really appreciate it.
0: No, no <laughs> I really problem, man. You all right. into
1: the weird stuff that I'm doing.
0: No, no problem. That's what it's all about, man. It's, it's, it's a comedy podcast, after all.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right cool, well,
0: thanks, TJ. right. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye-bye. thanks again to TJ Miller for joining us on the tape recorder. TJ will be at the House of Comedy in Minneapolis Thursday December 1st through Sunday December 4th. We have some more dates for you as well. Jim Lugers, who you hear on this program from time to time in skits, he's also the announcer for our other podcast, The No Huddle. He will be at Go Bananas November 30th in Cincinnati doing the Pro-Am Night. That's a night of uh, open mic comedians, some of the more seasoned comics, some newbies as they say. Uh, I will be performing as well, so you can come check me out there. Uh, and it's a 5 bucks to get in you see 12 or 13 funny comedians uh, and me uh, i have another date as well uh coming up tuesday november 29th at mugby's sports cafe on beachmont avenue in cincinnati ohio i'll be doing pf trivia live starts at 7:30. come check that out if you're in the tri-state area as we call it uh, like pf state recorder on facebook follow me on twitter at pf66 email the show pfwilson84 at gmail.com Those of you listening on iTunes or downloading from some other source, you can go to the Podbean page, which is the host page for the show. That is pfradio.podbean.com, and uh, we'll have all the links related to the show listed there for you. The logo is designed by Dan Cabell. Follow him at TigerDactyl on Twitter. Music is composed and performed by John Veropoulos and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Let me see. What do we have left here? Oh, special thanks to Adam Spiegelman. He has a podcast called Proudly Resents. He recommended PF's tape recorder in his weekly three suggestions last week. Thank you so much to Adam. And also he mentioned uh, Sharon Houston's Daytime Justice. It's a podcast all about the uh, daytime... uh, judge and court shows that are on TV. Also, Caleb Bacon's Gentleman's Club was mentioned, and then Jackie Cation's Dork Forest, which I'm sure you've heard of people come on with Jackie and discuss kind of their odd uh, interests and or hobbies that they have. Uh, It's a a safe zone for dorkism, apparently. And uh, it's a great show. So you can check all those out on iTunes. Again, I'll have links on the Podbean page. Uh, That's about all the business I have to cover here, other than to say so long, and thanks for listening